welcome to the Unfiltered Recovery Podcast with Michael Mazel, where we dive into the world of recovery. There is no one way, one filtered way to live out your best future in recovery. It is unfiltered. It is expansive. This is your invitation to take away the filter so we can push your limits of exploration for recovery. We will offer tips, tricks, tools, thought-provoking questions, and motivation to live out your best future unfiltered. I'm ready, but the question is, are you ready? Let's do this. All right, all right, all right. We are here on the topic of we are all in recovery from something. And today, ladies and gents, I have the amazing Megan. And I don't know if she wants me to say her last name. So maybe I'll let her say her last name if she wants to. But this incredible human is here with me to dive deeper, broader, more expansive, all the things that are involved in unfiltered recovery, talking about we are all in recovery from something. We are tearing this baby open. We're doing surgery. So Megan, will you please introduce yourself to all the listeners that listen to Unfiltered Recovery? Hi, Unfiltered Recovery and all the people listening to Unfiltered Recovery and Michael. Um, I am Megan H or Hauschultz, however you want to go. <laughs> Megan H or Megan Hauschultz, however we're going to be, whatever room we're going to be in, that's I guess who I'll be. I live in Colorado. I work for Harmony Foundation in Estes Park, Colorado. I am an intensive outpatient counselor, and I am also in recovery for 13 years now, almost 14. We'll just, we'll just say 13 though, right? One day at a time. One day at a time, 13. What? Teenager on our hands, ladies and gents, watch out. This is going to get nutty. (laughs) All right, Megan, I was so excited to bring you on when I was talking about this theme with you. And so again, we are all in recovery from something and what an amazing concept. I believe that we all kind of need to grab a hold of and Mm -hmm. really choose to own. And so when I told you, I really wanted to talk about this, what were some of your initial thoughts? What is your experience with even this language of we are all in recovery from something and how does it kind of fit into your life or how does it trickle into the lives that you touch? You know, actually, when you first brought it up, what I thought about is social media and how social media just portrays everyone as having like this pristine, perfect life without any issues at all. Right. Like I'm the perfect mom. I'm the perfect spouse. I'm the perfect boyfriend. I'm the perfect whatever. Right. And there's no issues. And what we don't see is what is behind the scenes. And we are all in recovery from something whether that is drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's a certain lifestyle that was unhealthy, it doesn't matter. We are all recovering from something. People who decide to eat differently. It's people who decide to exercise more, whatever it is, right? They're in recovery from something, from not wanting to be a certain way any longer. Right. Oh, I love that you said that from not wanting to be a certain way any longer. And so when you work with humans that are in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction, and you start mm-hmm. peeling the layers back. What have you seen happen that you could share with everybody about, hey, like they start to realize it's not just the drugs and alcohol that they're in recovery from. 
it's so much more. And that's not a bad thing, but wow, what is it? Well, you know, because drugs and alcohol are the symptom of the disease, right? The alcohol is not the actual disease. The bottle is not the disease. It's in our head. It's us. Unfortunately, we've been plagued in some which way, shape or form, and we use drugs and alcohol to cope. So I think peeling back those layers and figuring out what is it that's going on with me? Forget my next door neighbor, forget my mom, forget my spouse. What is happening with me? And that's where the hard work comes into play, I think, because of course we can get counseling, we can do trauma therapy, we can go to AA meetings and get a sponsor and work the steps and do all the things. But really at the end of the day, what it comes down to is what I'm going to do for myself and how self-aware I am going to choose to be. So I think that coming to grips with the fact that I not only have an addiction problem, but I also have a lying problem and a thinking problem, right? And a feeling problem. And I have a problem with all of these other facets. And what am I going to do? What am I going to do with all of that? And honestly, it is layer by layer. I can't take it all on single-handedly at the same time. It's like, so a server has all these plates and you just keep piling a plate and a plate and a plate. It's the home, it's the mortgage, it's the children, it's the parents, it's the everything. And then it just crumbles. Like I'm going to drop all those plates. They're going to shatter. It's going to crumble. So really just trying to decipher which layer I'm going to peel back first. And typically if we can get sober first, then we'd be more effective in peeling back those layers of what do I need to recover from next? Right. I love the analogy first. I love the analogy of the waitress holding all those plates because that's kind of how I felt when I got into recovery. I was like, oh, I'm not just in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. I have so many other things that Mm -hmm. I need to recover from, like certain behaviors, certain ways of thinking, all the things. And so to be able to normalize this, right, Megan, I feel deep down a lot of people struggle with like that word recovery, that it means that we're broken. Like if you say I'm in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. I'm in recovery from PTSD or an eating disorder. Those are ones that are pretty normalized. I'll say, or people know about what are your thoughts on being able to just even normalize the fact that being in recovery from something like it is a human experience. It is part of what happens when we live life. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's recovery. And honestly, like, I feel like it's the most empowering word ever. I feel that word, right? I don't just hear it. Like I feel it right? All throughout my body and my bones and my heart and my soul, like the best parts of me hear the word recovery and want to sing it. And unfortunately, like I even have a friend that's like, oh, I hate that word. Oh, I hate that word because it does. It just sounds like a gross person. And I'm like, I don't think so at all. I think it sounds like a beautiful, amazing, strong warrior of a person. If you're in recovery from anything, recovery from cancer, recovery from a broken leg, whatever, right? Like, why would we call these people weak? They're not. If somebody is in recovery from something, they have survived something. It means they have lived and survived something and they are a warrior and they're fighting. And when it comes to addiction, we're fighting for our lives, man. We don't want to live like this anymore. So we're fighting for our lives. And that's what I think when I hear the word recovery. And once you take away the drugs and alcohol, it is that I'm in recovery from spending too much money. I'm in recovery from, well, okay, I'm still in recovery from that. Um, just, you know, from, from always like, oh, I'm just going to hit send and buy this. I need to stop doing that. But, you know, you're always in recovery from something. And honestly, I think it just pertains to however you want to look at the word to each their own, your own perspective. But my perspective is that recovery equals warrior. You just nailed so many points. And one of the things that I love that you said is 
when we are all in recovery from something, it's like, we're choosing to acknowledge something and like it is warrior status. And it's one of those things that I think instead of people shying away from, you know, inviting people to look at, because I think it's also one of those things. And let me ask you too, they can be scary. And so many people choose to not even acknowledge something that's broken. Cause they're like, oh, this could be an arduous journey of recovery. But instead of acknowledging there's silent suffering that's happening. Mm -hmm. And so Megan, let's shoot the world straight here for a hot second. If somebody out here is listening to this podcast or they know somebody is struggling, like silently suffering, what would be something you would say to these people to say, hey, choosing to acknowledge that A, you're human or that you might need help to get into recovery from whatever it is, is not the end of the world. What are some tips or tricks that you would could say to these people to be like, hey, it's okay that you're human. Right. And I think that unfortunately this disease is coated with like the thickest coating of shame and guilt. And so it's really hard to acknowledge yourself, your wrongdoings, your past, the things that you have done, said, whatever that have hurt other people that you love, especially your families and so on. And we all have done that. We've all done wrong things. We've all done things that we would not have done had we been sober. But at the same time, it's like, man, if I don't acknowledge myself, I will never be able to take my power back. So actually in acknowledging that I need help in reaching out and asking for that help and acknowledging that I'm not perfect and that it's okay and that I'm human, I'm actually gaining my power back. It's when I fight all of those things that I am giving my power away because it's like beating a dead horse. Like this battle is not going to be won ever. It's never going to be one. I can never shy away from this silent suffering, all of that, and receive the help that I need at the same time. Like it's never going to happen. So I can either gain my power back, stand on my feet, say, yeah, I'm human. I need help. What next? Or I can just shy away and suffer slowly until I die. And I choose not to die. We have to choose either to get up and fight or we got to choose to die, right? It's, it's sink or swim, man. The take my power back. You guys, I hope that you can hear that invitation from Megan. It's like, hey, are you going to choose to take your power back or not? When we look at recovery and making sure that people really understand the gifts. I know people are like, oh, mm-hmm. Michael, you and your cheesy gifts of recovery. You guys can think they're cheesy. They're really powerful. And one of the things you and I were talking about earlier is just that aspect of community, whether it is drug and alcohol addiction or anything else, there's a community that is going through the same thing you're going through. Just like you mentioned earlier, Megan, whether it's cancer, whether it's from a knee surgery, from Mm -hmm. like whatever it is, the common theme with choosing to acknowledge is community. What do you have to say about that common thread and the power that that is for the human being? This is fact. There are millions of us, millions of us in recovery or longing to be in recovery. So when you think about it like that, like this is a very small world we live in, in recovery, very small. We don't realize the guy checking us out at the gas station or at the grocery store that we talk to every week that we go there is in recovery. We don't realize that maybe our doctor is in recovery. The person cleaning our teeth is in recovery. Our male person is in recovery, whatever. There are so many people in recovery and we don't see that. We don't because we don't talk about it all day long because our lives become quote unquote, healthy, normal, real, 
we become like these productive members of society that we never thought we would be. And there's no need to even talk about the disease all the time anymore when I'm living a normal productive life, normal quote unquote, we know what that means, but when I'm basically not going to jail every day or ODing, that's what I'm basically saying. When I'm not doing those things, my life is pretty okay. So it's like, I am one of those grateful recovering alcoholics today. I am one of those grateful recovering drug addicts today. A, because my life is too good right now, today in this moment to have any regrets. And honestly, we have to wait for that gift. We have to wait for that miracle and more shall be revealed. They say that. And I remember them saying that 13 years ago. And I'm like, I'm so broken right now. I don't know what you mean. And then it happens so fast. And within even like nine months, I felt amazing. And then another year and another two years and another five years. And then I'm like, man, now I'm married. I have a career. I just got a college education. I have kids. I bought a house a big house. My life is good. There's nothing to be upset about. And then I have this community, right? I have this fellowship, these people who have held me up literally through all of it, right? Since the very beginning, since the very beginning, when I walked into the room, crawled into the rooms and people have held me up ever since. And I still know those people. My sponsor is still one of those people. And so it's like, I have had this community, these people through all of it. And I have never, ever, ever had people in my life that I would consider family or that I could trust as much as I do as the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. And I trust a lot of those people that I don't even know. Like guys, if you don't believe in community, then I don't know what to tell you after after listening to Megan. It's a big deal. And it's one of those things I think that until you experience it right, Megan, sometimes it's really hard to put the right words, you put some good words with it, but it's all about asking yourself, what would it hurt to offer myself this experience? Like you said, that you have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's one of those things that there's just so much fear. Like when you take that first step with anything of recovery, especially drug Mm -hmm. and alcohol, but for those people that are so scared to even take that first step what is something that worked for you or what are things that you've noticed that work for humans that you work with in your clinician role, that thing that's going to move the needle. So I'm going to give you two words, humility and acceptance. Ah. Those two words have more power than anything in the world. Humility is being humble enough to say, I don't have this shit together. I don't, I need help. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I need help. So to be humble enough to ask for help, to be humble enough to say, I don't know. And I don't have all the answers. Tell me what to do. Show me how to live. And then obviously I'm going to tell you being humble has been the greatest gift. I was never humble in my disease ever, 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 ever would I be humble. I knew everything. I was always right. I was one of those people that would fight you about the color of the sky being blue. It's not blue. It's yellow. It's whatever color I say it's going to be until I could actually look at myself and say, you are a fraud and a liar, get it together or you're going to die. Then finally I could come out and just say, okay, you know what? I'm just going to shut up for once and listen. 
And that's what I really had to do is I had to shut up and listen to other people when really I just wanted to talk all the time, <laughs> but I needed to stop. And then acceptance y'all. Oh my God. And it says in our book, acceptance is the answer to all of our problems today. I say this to my clients all the time. Are you going to beat that dead horse? Or are you going to accept the fact that it's dead? We can't do this anymore. Are you going to accept the fact that you're a drug addict or an alcoholic or are you just going to keep running across the street in front of the trucks? I don't understand. This is what we got to do. We've got to learn how to just accept the fact that we're addicts and alcoholic and then be humble enough to ask for help. You guys write that down, acceptance and humility. And I'll be the first to say that is something on a daily basis. I still have to get into, and they're my two best friends slash enemies. Let's be yes. real here. I love, yes. love, hate, love relationship. hate relationship. Love, hate relationship. Yes, to the nth degree. We've been talking about you are all in recovery from something. Megan has given some amazing examples and they also pertain to drug and alcohol addiction, but it all pertains to anything that you need to get into recovery over. It's right. like, when we look at that humility and that acceptance. And when you look at community, right. look at all those things. And so I love, love, love that you said when we are in recovery or we choose to get into recovery, we are choosing to take our power back. And so I want to ask you, because you've been in acceptance of, hey, like I can get into recovery. I can choose to make my life better. Mm -hmm. What are other areas that you have gotten into recovery from that you wouldn't mind talking or sharing about? Yeah. No, so that people are like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it now. So I'm in recovery from those abusive relationships that I have endured my whole life. I'm in recovery from those people who have beat me down physically and mentally. I'm in recovery from the bullies who bullied me in middle school and high school. I am in recovery from thinking I'm too fat or too skinny. I'm in recovery from thinking I'm ugly or unworthy. I'm in recovery from all the negative self-talk that I have told myself over the many years that I've been alive, right? I'm in recovery from sugar. I'm in recovery from caffeine. Well, recovery from caffeine for me is more like um, minimizing just how much I drink because I can't give up coffee ever, <laughs> but there are so many more things I'm in recovery from. Like it really doesn't just start or end with the bottle and the drug. It really does not in recovery from my family sometimes. Right. Ooh, I'm in yeah. recovery oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and things that they have told me, right. Or, or things that they have force fed me to believe society, right. I'm in recovery from society and, and what society tells me I should look like and who I should be. And all of those things. Oh my God. I'm just in recovery from just being drenched in societal norms. Could we just uh, get away with, I don't know. I just oh, laundry list, Megan, mm -hmm. thank you for sharing those things. So if you guys don't think that you're in recovery or need to be in recovery or are feeling weird about it, I hope that what Megan has shared with you today on this podcast can hit you in some way, shape or form to get a, maybe into action be to also standardize this word and to take your power back you guys take your power megan, back megan you are such mm -hmm. a gift in this world and i am so grateful that you are here on the podcast you guys this is how we do on unfiltered recovery we don't filter it we take it everywhere megan thank you so much for being here Thanks for having me. You all are warriors and badasses and don't forget it.
What a way to end this podcast. Chest up. You guys go and slay your day. Mm -hmm. Go slay whatever it is you're doing. What (laughs) a beautiful, beautiful episode, you guys. Take this, share it with anybody you know needs to hear it. This is a gem. As we close this episode, I want to remind you that if you or someone you know is struggling to find a path to recovery, you can take the first step by calling Vertava Health at 877-404-2143. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week.